and turned. I'm sorry, I didn't get you a song list. <laughs> Give me just a second. I'll get you a song list. We're going to th- turn to 323. You go ahead and find your spot. All right, let's turn to number 323, 323. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's Lord, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. And turn around and shake somebody's hand and tell them you're glad they're here this morning.
Turn to 191. 191. Count your blessings. <clears throat> when upon life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. 
and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. When you look at others with their lamps and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven or your home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflicts, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Amen. We're almost at that point. Amen. Well, we're going to be thinking about Thanksgiving. Amen. And it's certainly that time of year that it makes us tend to think of counting our blessings. But the truth is we need to do that year round. God never changes. Amen. Praise God. And I'm, I'm grateful. I, I, noticed, I noticed Erica been uh, posting pictures that bring her joy in her life. You know, we ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to be trying to show off the things that bring us joy all the time because the Lord is the source of our joy and the things that we have in this world we have because he's been he's been blessing us and good to us and we ought to we ought to let people know that we're thankful for the things God has done in our life amen let's turn over and sing number 507 come thou fount of every blessing come thou fount of every blessing tune my heart to sing thy praise Dreams of mercy never ceasing, all for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise of loud, I'm fixed upon it, out of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. 
and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me with a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Bless thy goodness like a better, by my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. All right, turn back a few there to 499. 499. Bring it in the sheaves. <clears throat> sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the noontide and the dewy eve, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing. Bringing in the sheaves, sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the shadows, fearing neither clouds nor winter's chilling breeze. By and by the harvest and the labor ended, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, going forth with weeping, Sowing for the master, so the lost sustained our spirit often grieves. When our weeping over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Amen. You know, I love that old song. I think it's almost lost on this generation. I've seen pictures recently on a Facebook site called Traces of Texas. Miss Shirley actually turned me on to. Uh, I think it was around Easter time last year. But... Uh, what was I going to say about it? Well, I said, I, you know, I hate when it happens. Don't you? You're talking and, you, and your thought just falls right in a pothole and you can't find it no more. But, uh, but oh, yeah, I remember so they showed pictures of Clarksville back in 1900. And uh, the square down there just packed with wagons loaded with, 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 with things and people bringing in harvest from their fields and all around here. And, uh, you know, and that happened around this time of the year, harvest time. People had worked all all spring. Uh, all, they worked early winter getting their fields prepared, and then they planted and they and they dealt with the 
with the the need for praying for rain and, and then all the way through the summer and the, the grasshoppers and everything else they had to deal with and fought, beat back the weeds. Finally, they brought the harvest, and that was a happy time when they had their wagons loaded and people were all around the square. Everybody's in their Sunday best. They've come come to get paid and, and, and come to enjoy a little time on the town now that all the work is done. Listen, I'm going to tell you that's a picture of this Christian life. We, we, we're, we're, to, we're to work in the fields. We're to work in the field. We're sowing for the master, as the song says. We're, 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 to be, we're to be sowing the word of God. We're to be sharing Jesus Christ with people and, and reaping the harvest. So, and, and, so, and so that when we go, we go home to be with the Lord, we've got the harvest to take with us up on God's square. And there we'll be in our robe of white rejoicing with all the other believers all rejoicing because it's harvest time and we can shout forevermore on the streets of glory. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, that's that's a pretty picture in my mind to think about and I look forward to that day. Amen. I hope you do too. I sure hope you do too. Give me just a second. I want to sing this morning. I feel like singing. Could not come to where Jesus was. 
Lord, as this young church in Thessalonica was learning, Lord, if they were to, to practice separation and holiness because they're, they're called by your name, they're washed in your blood, Father, even so, we, we must do the same. And, Lord God, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, impress on us the importance, the seriousness of the hour. And, Lord, give us a desire to please you more than anything we do. Lord, give us a desire to please our Father. And we'll give you praise and glory for it. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. I'm glad to be in church this morning. I, I truly am. I'm very thankful for you and thankful for your your attendance this morning, and we pray for those who are not able to be here. So I, I, you know, I failed to mention Scott this morning. It wasn't that I did it on purpose, but I, I, re- I remembered. Scott's going through some hard times right now with his MS, and he's asking for prayer uh, quite a bit here lately. So let's lift him up in prayer. Remember, right, we'll do this right this second, but you remember Scott in your prayers. I know he's going through a hard time. All right, First Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 through 8. Again, we're talking about sanctification this morning. The first the, the first half, uh, chapters one through three, Paul is Paul is laid out the uh, he's laid out the doctrines of salvation. He's, he's told he's talked all about salvation, and and he's gone from from salvation. He's prayed for them. He's prayed for them to be sanctified. He's prayed he's prayed about that at the end of chapter three, and now he's going on to talk about that sanctification in the last half of this of this first uh, letter that he wrote. And, uh, again, like I said, he talked about that. He, he talked about, uh, he prayed about that, rather, at the end of chapter 3. Let me read those three verses that we looked at last week, verses 11 through 13. The Bible, Paul said, Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. He wants to come to them. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. So he's wanting them to 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 let Christ work in them because, again, like we talked about in Sunday school, if the Spirit of God is living in us, then we will have the, we'll have the attitude, the heart of Christ. We'll have the love of Christ in us, working in us and through us. So that's what he's praying for, for them to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, not just within the walls of where they meet, but outside on the street and in other people's homes, everywhere they go. He said, even as we do toward you, we, the more we know you, the more longer you're saved, the more we love you and we pray for you and we earnestly seek to see you. Uh, and he said, to the end, that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness. So the end result, what we're wanting to happen is for the Lord to, 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 uh, to work in your life and bring you apart from this old world you've been living in and separate you and have a church, a group of people separated to himself. And, and he says, unblameable in holiness. Amen. That's, and listen, that's a church who's come completely out of the world. Amen. And, and, he, and so he's asking for that. He's saying, we want you to be separate from, from what you used to be. And, and he said, so that you, that you are, you presented before the Lord that he's coming holy. Amen. Blameless. All right. We talked about that last week. But here in our text, if you look there in verse 1, we see this big long word. Furthermore, okay. So, so he's saying, in addition to this prayer. So that's what he's saying. In addition to this, uh, so first, first Thessalonians uh, chapter four, verse one, where we're starting this morning, all the way through chapter five, verse nine. The rest of the of this letter, 
it unpacks three great truths presented in Paul's prayer in chapter 3, verses 11 through 13 that we just read. Okay? These things are represented by three words, holiness, love, and coming. Okay? In our text this morning, we're going to look at the word holiness. We're going to focus on that. Then after that, we're going to go to the word love, which is in uh, verses 9 through 12. And then we're going to look at verses, at the, at the phrase coming or the word coming in uh, chapter 4, verses 13 through 5, 9. So, but in these first eight verses, Paul's discussing uh, the subject of personal holiness or sanctification. This is an important subject. This is not something everybody likes to sit and listen to because it's kind of it's kind of getting on your toes. It's kind of needling around in your life and your business. But but that's but your life is no longer yours. Remember, you've been bought with a price. And uh, the word sanctification or holiness, same Greek word, uh, regardless of how it's wrote down, it's the same thing. It comes from the and I'm not I'm going to use some, I'm going to talk about some Greek words this morning, but believe me. I'm not trying to say these things because I want you to say, oh, look, he's so smart. He knows all this Greek. I know very little. And what I do know, I don't know very well. But just to share it so that you understand that I understand these things, I want to share this with you. But <clears throat> this word sanctification, and I don't know that I can pronounce it, but it's it's hagiosmos, um, and it, it occurs three different times. Um, verse 1, it exhorts us to live for Christ. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, we beg you, we plead with you, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us of how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Well, that just makes sense that, that believers should grow. Believers should continue on. We don't get saved and sit down and give up. We're to continue to grow. We're to continue to expand. We're to continue to have more as a believer. And, and having more is referring to God having more of us, not us having more. You, don't, you got all the God you got when you got saved. You got all the God that you're ever going to have. He's yours, all right? But he needs to have all of you. You understand what I'm saying? All right? It's, it's, it's not us just knowing all about God. Because there's plenty of people who know a lot about God, but does, does he have them? No, some of them don't. They, 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 you take some. There's, there's some atheists who know more about the Bible than more, than some believers do. But does that mean they have more of God? No, it's not knowledge. It's God having you. Uh, A. W. Tozer, one of my favorite authors, he he said holiness, as taught in the Scriptures, is not based upon knowledge on our part. Rather, it's based upon the resurrection, resurrected Christ indwelling us and changing us into His likeness. That's what it means to 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 be holy. Is for is for Christ to change us into His. You know what the Bible says? God wants us to be. Uh, he wants us to be transformed into the image of His Son. So God wants us to be changed. So that is a constant state or a constant process all through life. In separation, sanctification unto holiness. In verse two, Paul reminds the church there that he passed on to them the commandment to be holy. I mean, it, uh, he said, for you know, verse 2, what commandment we gave you by the Lord Jesus. So they were given, the, it was not a suggestion, it's a command. And it gets real specific in verse 3. 
Listen to what he says. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication. Now, I realize that when a lot of people read this verse, verse 3, they stop in the middle of it, and they don't even pay attention to the context it's written. <clears throat> Some people, they read the word sanctification, and they think that they'll be that, that somehow means morally perfect. We're, we're perfect. No, we're never there. That's not what Paul meant. Uh, what he's saying there to, to that Thessalonican church, he's saying, y'all are already sanctified. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he, he's saying you're already sanctified. Y'all have already been set apart as holy to God. They already have been. So, I mean, what does that mean that they've been sanctified? Well, let me kind of give you another, uh, give you a little illustration so you, maybe you can grasp what I'm saying. Let's say, for example, we were all living during the time that Christ lived on earth. We were all living in Jerusalem, okay? And you wanted to, you had some gold coins you wanted to take to the to the temple and, and lay those on the altar and give those as a gift, okay? So when you took your coins up there to the altar and you, and you laid them on there, what happened to those coins? Or you could, or you could say when we pass the altar and plate in here, when you put the, when you put the money in the plate, what happens to the money? It becomes sanctified, okay? It, 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 that's what we'd say. It's sanctified. It was set apart for a holy use. It's not the same as putting coins in a meter down a uh, parking lot. It ain't the same as as, uh, as as paying a bill. No, this money has become God's. It's not yours anymore, right? It's set apart for a holy use. The sanctification of the money didn't change the character of the money. It changed the use of the money and the purpose of the money, right? It's still money, but it's but it's the use of it is different. In the very same way, every Christian, when you get saved, you've been set apart positionally as holy to God. God views you as holy, not because of what you're doing, but because of what you have done by believing on Christ. You've been washed in the blood of his son, and when he looks down, he sees you covered in the righteousness of Christ. So God sees us as, as holy positionally, but we fall short of perfection every single day we live, right? So when we look through the Bible, we don't have to look far to, to realize that holiness doesn't mean we're morally perfect. Right, Amen? So, I mean, because you can look at Second Peter 2.21. Listen to what the Bible says there. It says, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's talking about the Bible being written. So Peter, who's he, what's he referring to? He's referring to the Old Testament writers of scriptures and to the prophets who wrote the word of God. So he's saying those holy men of God were moved by the Holy Ghost. Were those men holy? The Bible says they were, doesn't it? Right? Okay. Well, were those men perfect? We're talking about Moses and David right there. Was Moses perfect? God said, Moses, speak to the rock. God said, okay, for that you ain't going to the promised land. You're going to die on top of this hill, and and I'm going to bury you right here. So you're not going to get to go. No, he wasn't perfect. Was David perfect? Heavens, no. Had his best friend killed and cheated on him with his wife and got her pregnant? I mean, it was a horrible thing that he did. So, no, they weren't perfect. But Moses wrote the law, and David wrote the Psalms. I mean, God used them, 
in great ways. And they were not perfect men, but they were nevertheless holy to God. Why? Because God set apart these men as holy. Never seen it, never even heard of it. 
They did whatever they wanted to do, whatever their flesh led them to do. And like I said, their religion was steeped in immorality. So for the first time, they're faced with the fact that worshiping God involves a holy life. It was a totally foreign idea to them. He had to deal with them like he did with and others. And remind them that their body purchased by God, and it was holy to God. When he wrote to them this letter, he was in the corrupt, immoral city of Corinth where, where the, the famed temple of Aphrodite was. The temple of Aphrodite, there were a thousand prostitutes in that temple, and they were the priests. And that's that's where men, uh, men went to worship, if you call it worship. That's the, the heathen uh, process that they went through and called worship. And, folks, you talk, I mean, just that was their normal culture. And to us, that's how horrible, how horrific, you know, a house of prostitution and calling it a temple. That was the culture. That's what, that's, that's normal for Understand that? Normal behavior for Satan. Those that follow them. So literally, they're coming out of the mouth of hell and they're washing. trying to win sisters and their moms and dads and grandmas and grandmas and aunts and uncles and cousins. How does that lie?
Hi, ladies, and we'll drive by. But it, it, they, they, they just, it's, it's, they put it out there. Why do they put it out there? Because they want people to notice that sales it dominates. Entertainment features sexual things, sexual overtime, sexual. Then you Content. And N for nudity. PG 13, R, NC 17, and X. Sometimes the vague listing of MC for pure content. All of that is based around all of those ratings. And this is it's a culture driven by one in which lust is constantly being fanned into flames everywhere we go. Why else with prominent uses of they point because it makes that's the only and and we're told as believers to abstain from <coughs> to abstain from sexual immorality. The word Paul used for abstain it means to hold oneself off of hold oneself back like somebody, somebody grabs them holds it back from tight. And that's what we're supposed to do to our it's pretty similar to 1 Corinthians 6.18 where he said, flee fornication. Take off and run from it. And he gave the command of 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee also youthful lust. So don't hang around it. Don't spend time there. Get away. It, it was quite, quite, quite illustrated in Genesis chapter 39. I know you don't know this part, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not part of the 
them. It was going to be the destruction Good inclination, 
awful enjoyment. That we need to stay away from such. And we need to we not to give ourselves to the lust of Shack up. The rest of the world sleeps around. Oh, no big deal. We'll sleep. 
contrary to what God called us to. You think about it. God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. And, and committing sin like that, it goes against the whole reason you were called. Amen. God, he's called us to be Christ-like. He's called us so that we can lead others to know him. Jesus, let it be gone. 
Men, listen, it, it so matters how we live. Not to get to heaven, but because we're going. We need to set this set an example for this, and, and not and not constantly let this this world see Christians not down just just a few calories. That's the way it looks. One preacher after another followed.
show. Oh. Okay. See you later, okay?